My father always wore a unique gold ring. It was his father's class ring from Bethany Lutheran College in Lindsburg, Kansas. Inside the ring was an engraving which said, to succeed, serve. I believe his class in college chose that motto for their journey together, and it wouldn't be a bad idea, a bad gift for all of us who are servants of the Lord and the new graduates especially to use that saying from time to time, to succeed in this community, serve. So congratulations to all of you rare radicals this morning. You downsizing devotees in an ever-upscale, self-addicted world. You biblical and liturgical literates in a culture of independent spiritual contractors. We are so proud of your ethical enthusiasm with a passion to be named officially as deacons in front of a whole crowd, card-carrying members of a selfless community whose chief evangelical officer is none other than Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen? Amen. 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 You are like a cool, refreshing wind on a hot, muggy Philadelphia summer day. Coming to your classes after work or tutoring and family responsibilities for two years of Tuesday nights. I can't imagine it. And yet I was part of it. (laughs) And that you came back when I was part of it was even more stunning. Two and a half hours of class plus added homework and reading and always the final project to prepare. I speak for your other instructors when I say you are an inspiration. And yet, sadly also, a little-known or understood group in far too many of our Lutheran congregations and churches around the Synod and the National Church, I imagine. You seek to embody Christ's calling of servants within and outside of the church, As Paul describes in our lesson today from Philippians 2, 3 to 4, nothing, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Our world needs so many more people who would do just that. These Bible verses are part of what's called the Christ hymn, as you are well uh, familiar in Paul's letter, which outlines the theology of the Jesus event as well as it defines discipleship in our church. As Fred Craddock says, one of these great theologians, Christ emptied himself, served, and died without promise of reward. The extraordinary fact of his act was that at the cross, the future was apparently closed. Christ acted in our behalf without view of any gain. That's exactly why exactly God has exalted him and vindicated self-denying service for others 
to the point of death with no claim of return, no eye on the reward. In other words, Christ and his followers, all of us, are those who don't climb but descend the ladder of social distinction and influence and power to come alongside the lonely, the refugee, the hospice cancer patient, the addicted and bullied teenager, to remind them that God is present in their darkness and loves them graciously unto an Easter life. Back in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, my second call, I believe, so long ago, I worked at a large campus church in downtown Madison, a university church. We had a gentle, saintly, uh, widowed soul who worked behind the scenes quietly at the church as our church mouse. Her name was Celeste. She was tall. She was lean. She had a gray, no-nonsense page boy haircut. She wore a long skirt and sensible shoes. Seal, we called her. She was the epitome of the joyful, unassuming servant, delivering flowers to the sick, meals to those who were in need, helping clean the glasses after communion, reading to the elderly who had bad eyesight, driving folks to the hospital, helping out in the nursery on Sundays, and just about any good compassionate deed on the list, Celeste was there. On the other hand, it was really humbling to the pastors. You see, we may work in the church long hours, but we are paid to do so. Some could argue not well, but I think we'll keep that for another discussion. We get lots of perks, you see, and lots of recognition. We're up front. We're at the door shaking hands. We're listed in the bulletin and sometimes undeservedly. For there are so many other grace-filled, Christ-like deacons and those who go quietly about without any title, serving behind the scenes out of pure goodness of heart and faithfulness. You all hold our clergy toes to the fires of humble servanthood. God bless you, and God thank you. We need our toes warmed from time to time. Max Lucado, another author and pastor, writes, Is Jesus not our example? Content to be known as a carpenter, happy to be mistaken for the gardener. He served his followers by washing their feet. He serves us by doing the same. Each morning he gifts us with beauty. Each Sunday he calls us to his table. Each moment he dwells in our hearts, and he does, and he does speak of the day when the master will dress himself to serve and tell the servants to sit at the table, and he will serve them. If Jesus is so willing to honor us, can we not do the same for others? Make people a priority? Accept your part in his plan? Be quick to share the applause, and most of all, regard others as more important than yourself, that's what love does. 
This is a morning that will make a difference in the lives of us all. We celebrate the 10 new diaconal students completing their studies. We bless them to blossom and serve our communities in colorful, captivating ways in the name of our Christ. May we also offer ourselves to God, all the rest of us, former diaconal students who have long since continued their service in and among us and around the world, May we continue to further understanding in our day between cultures that are different than us, different ethnic groups than we are, defeat racism, greed, bullying, and addictions, and politics that divide and dominate wherever we live. Plus, may God empower us to share what author Brenning Manon calls indiscriminate Compassion. It's a mouthful. Indiscriminate compassion within the kingdom. He calls this the dominant perspective of almost all of Jesus' teaching. What is it? Brennan writes this. Take a look at a rose. Is it possible for the rose to say, I will offer my fragrance to good people and withhold it from bad people? Or can you imagine a lamp? that withholds its rays from a wicked person who seeks to walk in its light? Or could, it could do that only by ceasing to be a lamp. And observe how helplessly and indiscriminately a tree gives its shade to everyone, good, bad, young, old and high and low, to animals and humans and every living creature, even to the one who seeks to cut it down. This is the first quality of compassion. It is indiscriminate in character. What makes the kingdom come is heartfelt compassion, a way of tenderness that knows no frontiers, no labels, no compartmentalizing, and no sectarian division. It's a tall, tall order. My friends, but not if we have the mind of Christ among us and his dedication within us by the Holy Spirit's flaming presence. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.